you keep, you, you should always have a discipline plan in place at any point because there's, there's always, you know, so-called important events coming up I and mean, we're going to have another, you know, partial election in two years, full election in four years. You know, there's always big events, some known, some like COVID unknown. It's always a treat to speak with Parallel Financial's Chief Investment Officer, Greg Towner, and we thought it would be a great time to talk about some things that you should and should not do with your investments with regard to the upcoming elections. So we hope that you enjoy this episode, and as always, if you have any questions about anything money-related or just would like to know what it's like to work with a financial advisor, email me at david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com, and uh, we can schedule a 30-minute consultation, whether it is by Zoom call in person or telephone. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. So hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies that can help you to build and maintain wealth. And I'm really excited about today's episode. We have our firm, Parallel Financial. We have our firm's chief investment officer, Greg Towner, on the line with us. Greg is truly one of the smartest people I know, and he's also one of the more uh, he has a calm demeanor, which is just great for the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And that's the election and kind of the market outlooks uh, with the election. So, um, hey, Greg, how are you today? And just real quickly, I know you've been on the show a few times, but tell us just a little bit about your background and how long you've been in the investment uh, asset management business. Hey, David, thanks for having me on again. Uh, you mentioned my calm demeanor. I guess I'll have to be careful not to get too excited and too worked up talking about the election today. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've been in the industry, I guess, over 20 years now, uh, last five or so with Parallel uh, in charge of overseeing the, the entire investment process for the firm, as well as managing uh, several of the uh, of the individual stock portfolios. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, that, that you're always talking about is, is processes and and, and emotions, and we're going to touch on that uh, today. But um, but yeah, we have a pretty big event coming up in the next couple of weeks. And if you if you've looked on your computer or or turned on any of the news channels, it's uh, it's something that's uh, that's that's getting a lot of press right now. So uh, so we have the election coming up, and I mean, how do you think that you know investors are looking at? you know, number one, everybody has who they want to win. And we're not talking about who you're voting for, who I'm voting for. And that's not really the issue of this, um, of this podcast. But how is investing and in, 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 in politics kind of a dangerous combination? Yeah, well, I mean, as, as you know, one of the things, one of the topics that we talk about a lot at Parallel is the behavioral side of investing, you know, the, the emotions that can drive investing decisions, uh, usually for the worst. And of course, when you're talking about you know politics and elections, you're talking about something that is a lot of emotion involved, and particularly in this uh, this time around, there seems to be a lot of emotion. So, I mean, you're talking about two of the most emotional decisions, you know, uh, investing and politics potentially combining if investors don't do things properly. So, to us, that's that's a dangerous combination to to combine the two uh, and allow any of your uh, political beliefs to influence, you know, changing from your longer term investment plan. So we would really caution investors to to be careful about uh, combining the two in any way. Sure. You know, the way that I look at it is a Trump victory is at the most four more years um, of, 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 of the Trump administration and a Biden victory would be at the most eight years of a Biden. So that's a short 
percentage of anybody's investment lifetime. And if we are keeping a long-term approach, you know, I mean, that's that's still a, a small percentage of anybody's investing lifetime. So you talk about the president and Congress, you know, just kind of being one of the factors that affect the financial markets at any time. Now, of course, with with all of the press and all of the social media and Twitter and, and everything else, it seems like this is the most important election of all time. But how much effect will will this election or does any election really have on the markets? Well, I know uh, for those of us uh, that are on video, we do have a, a chart that we could uh, use and I'll explain it for those just on audio. But, you know, when we look back over the longer term, uh, you can go way back to the to the 1800s. You know, this chart that we have today is actually back to the 1940s. And what it looks at is each each presidential period, each column is colored blue or red, depending on who is in the White House. And then over the top of it is a, is a line chart of the S&P 500. So a very long-term view. And what we see is that the, the stock chart goes from the bottom left to the upper right in a nice uptrend. Obviously, there's plenty of periods where it pulls back over time. But at any given point, you can see that there were good periods when it was blue, good periods when it was red, and, and vice versa, that where there's challenges during each. You could go back and look at all the studies over time to see you know, okay, um, markets might have performed a little better historically under Democrats or something like that. But the reality is you're talking about a very few data points. You know, from a statistical standpoint, I think the one study that I looked at going back to the late 1800s, there were only 37 you know, presidents during that study. And that's a small data point. So there's, there's only so much you can gather from that. And the reality is, at any given time, there's just so many other factors that are affecting what's going on in the world. I mean, the natural business cycle is, of course, huge. Uh, what the Fed is doing, as we're seeing right now, is hugely important, and it always is. Uh, obviously, right now, we're dealing with you know, COVID, and that is such a huge thing. But there's always so many different factors that are affecting things beyond just who is president and who is in Congress. I mean, think about it, David. At any given time, all those companies that make up that S&P 500 or make up any stock index, those have companies have, have real employees going into work every day wanting to, to better their firm, better their own you know, well-being by making you know, productive use of their time. You know, those companies are looking to grow over time. I mean, that doesn't mean there won't be difficult periods occasionally. Um, but at the end of the day, these are all companies looking to uh, better themselves and better their, their prospects going forward. So we think, you know, not to say that the election has no importance whatsoever or that there can't be some policies or areas that we need to be focused on afterwards. For the most part, though, uh, let's just focus on the longer term. You know, I think you and Brian Bogner, who uh, is one of the founders of Parallel, in one of your videos, you made a very good point that, you know, we talk about the markets, like the market is, is something. The markets are a collection of, of companies, and each individual company has a goal to be profitable and to have their, their stock price increase by, by bringing value to the market. And, you know, companies are still going to try really hard to do that, regardless of who wins the election um, or, or who has Congress, for, uh, for sure. So, and I think that's where you get that uh, that upward trend of of the markets, which are a collection of of stocks over over time. Uh, so, and you know, I think I think there's a there's a thought that maybe you know Republican administrations are always better for the market, and I think your chart does shows that that's not necessarily the case. So, I think that's a very very interesting uh, factual factual chart. Well, I, I would say also, you know, right now it's been interesting this in this current cycle because if you look back early this year, say pre-COVID, uh, it was expected that, uh, you know, Trump was anticipated to, to win again. 
And then as we got into the summer, uh, Biden's poll numbers increased quite a bit. And the, uh, that was also when the market started to, to rally back quite a bit. We've seen Biden's numbers increased quite substantially. The market has held in there quite well. In fact, uh, got pretty close to a new high recently. So to us, when you look at you know, the polls, uh, the, the betting odds sites, uh, and, and importantly, uh, what certain areas of the market have done really well, it seems like the market has largely factored in at least a Biden win, if not potentially a Democratic sweep, as far as uh, both sides of Congress as well. Uh, so obviously, we know from four years ago, you can't always you know, trust polls in that. But the market seems to be factoring that in. For example, if you look at an area that is expected to gain a lot of momentum under uh, a potential Biden presidency, such as alternative energy, those stocks have done incredible. So uh, if, if, there was, if Biden did not win, those stocks would probably be susceptible. So my point being, the market factors all of this in uh, well ahead in most cases of what, uh, you know, election night or, or that have you. You know, of course, if we run into a so-called contested election where it goes on for days or weeks afterwards, which is at least a possibility, uh, market probably won't like that uh, because the market likes certainty, likes to know what is happening. But again, even if that was to happen, uh, that would be a very short-term view and short-term volatility and probably, if anything, uh, could be used as an opportunity. So if if we, would you consider it kind of a worst case scenario, at least for the short term, if, if we have this prolonged period where we don't have a defined winner? Yeah, I think the, the market doesn't like unknowns and, and wants to figure things out as quick, quick as possible. You know, like I said, the market seems to already be factoring in to some extent a potential Biden presidency. So if that either, you know, came into question or there was just, you know, they knew there was going to be a lot of infighting for weeks afterwards, I think the market, you know, probably wouldn't like that. But again, that's just my own, you know, speculation and, and, and guess. Who, who knows? Uh, the market behaves in a lot of different ways all the time. It's, like I said, it's always factoring in a lot of different things at any given moment. Right, right. Well, and there's opportunities in, in upward movement and downward movement, uh, for sure, for, uh, for investment management. So... After the election, you know, when or if we have, you know, a defined winner, are, are, are you expecting or, or is it reasonable to expect, you know, just a, a straight upward uh, trend or a straight downward trend or, or what would you expect after an election? I mean, honestly, David, that's, that's really anybody's guess. I mean, that kind of shorter to intermediate term prediction is, is all but impossible. I mean, that's why we focus on, you know, longer term holdings, longer term plan. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be unexpected to see, you know, a fair amount of volatility through that period, um, you know, after the election. But uh, to focus in on that and, and to make any kind of decisions just over a shorter time period uh, wouldn't really be something that we would do. And you could even say, you know, a lot of people would say, well, what might what areas of the market might work well if, you know, say Biden wins? Well, those areas have already done really well. I mean, that, that could be they could be susceptible to to a negative period, even if even if you know Biden won and they supposedly supposedly supported those groups. So we've seen that over time. We've seen areas where you know, say, uh, you know, people thought uh, healthcare would be bad when Obama won. It, it performed incredibly. You know, people thought uh, you know coal might make a comeback under Trump. It's gone to almost a zero for, as an industry. I mean, there's a long history of of predictions that you know oh, this president will be good for that group and just doesn't necessarily work out that way when it comes to the stock side of things. So you got to be careful with making those kinds of assumptions. You can kind of keep it in the back of your mind and say, oh, well, this group of stocks may be, you know, hurt or may benefit from certain policies, but there's no guarantee those policies will be enacted. And also the market may have already looked ahead and factored that in before you're even thinking about it. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that performance chasing for sure is something that especially the amateur investors need to be be careful of. Yeah. So we live in an age of of um, and especially uh, Trump is is he's a big big figure and 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 social media and and there's news channels and where you know we're, we're told this is the most important election that we'll ever have and and that's ever been and anything else. Do you think that's true or has every election been kind of the next most important election? Uh, yeah, I think actually what you just said there was going to be my response is it seems like every, every election becomes the next most important one. And I think that's largely because of just as time goes on, media gets bigger and bigger. I mean, if you think back to, you know, uh, 10, 20 years ago, obviously we didn't have social media. We didn't all have, you know, immediate access to every bit of news and things were in a lot of ways. Some of that was better that we didn't have all that info. So. Uh, you know, you could certainly sit here and argue for specific reasons that how important this election is. And, and you know, I wouldn't necessarily push you back against that. But I would say uh, people have probably thought that for many, many times in, in the past. And, and you know, at, at regardless of who's president, uh, for better or worse, uh, the market will figure things out and the economy will figure things out. And the business, the general business cycle as a whole will probably take over uh, regardless of who's in office. Sure. And that's why I love that chart. I mean, because that that upward trend over time certainly is is encouraging because whether you tend to vote Democrat or Republican, that upward trend is 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 constantly happening with a few downward dips here and there. But sure. uh, with a long term with a long term approach, you know, the markets have, quote, won under under uh, both uh, both parties. Now, COVID, I mean, just to kind of jump into COVID, that's still an unknown. I mean, is that uh, affecting the markets? Uh, you know, when you combine COVID and then you combine elections, that's that's kind of a, a little bit of a double whammy, right? How is that affecting your your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think really, if you look at what's going on this year and, and into next year, uh, probably the two biggest things, I'd actually probably put the election third. I'd put in some order COVID and the Federal Reserve's response to COVID slash the economy. Um, there's no question that uh, what's happening with the COVID numbers in the shorter term and what, and if as we look out into next year with, you know, uh, therapeutic treatments and vaccines and so forth, uh, obviously uh, those are incredibly important as far as how well they uh, behave and, and the time frame of those. And then the Federal Reserve is just hugely important what they did to come in and, and step in and, and this past spring when things get really bad and, and, and really hold up the market and they're going to continue to stay. So when you say hold up the market, just kind of to the to the to the amateur investor, yeah. talk a little bit about what that means. The Federal Reserve came in and just lowered rates to zero and started buying a tremendous amount of bonds in every different area to keep uh, liquidity flowing into the financial markets. A lot of a lot of credit markets, a lot of bond markets had kind of frozen up. Uh, and as much as we love to sit here and talk about the stock market, the credit markets are hugely important, hugely important. And so the the Fed came in provided liquidity, freed those up. And now they're, they're keeping rates low uh, indefinitely for a very long time period, most likely. So if you think about it from the most basic level, if you're someone that's needing to borrow money be for a home or something of that nature, uh, you have incredibly low, the historically low opportunities to borrow cheap money. I can speak sure. from experience. We just moved yeah. and you know, we're, we're at 3% or whatever it was. And that's incredible from just from a personal standpoint, for sure. Exactly. And so then on the other side of it, if you're you know, a retiree or a saver, you're like, oh, no, I have you know, 0% opportunity here to, to uh, save at a good rate. So that's why you see the, that pushes people to take a little more risk with their money that maybe they'd say, oh, well, maybe I'd normally put this into, say, bonds. But OK, I get 0.6% to lock my money up for 10 years. 
I can get you know double or triple that just in a dividend yield from a high quality portfolio. I'm willing to take a little more risk, or maybe more than a little bit, you know, fair amount more risk in, in equities uh, because I'm able to take a longer term view. So that's a big part of you know why you see money flowing into stocks this year is uh, the, the the alternative choices. Cash gets you nothing. Bonds, you know, get you limited amounts. Now you got to be careful not stretching for yield. You know, a lot of times you see people take their money that they may need in the shorter term and try to get riskier with it just because they want to squeeze out a little more yield. Now that, that can be a dangerous thing, but at the end of the day, the Fed is, is keeping things loose and keeping things liquid. Doesn't mean you can't have corrections, of course, but it's a much better environment than if they were on the other side of things. Sure, sure. But now I guess if you go back into the 80s where CDs were paying, what, 7, 8, 9, 10%, you know, there, least, there's, there's yeah. positives and, and negatives on, on both sides of, you know, yeah. borrowing is cheap, but so is, so is your interest, uh, interest rates for sure. So, yeah. so as we're moving, you know, through, through the end of the year, sometimes there's just normal business cycles. And um, of course, this year is an election year and we have COVID and we have the Fed and everything. The average investor, you know, what are some some steps that that you would ask them to take as far as you know making good, sound, non-emotional money slash investment decisions? Yeah, I mean, I'd say our advice right now is is similar to how it would always be, but it's probably even more important because of you know the activity around the election coming up here in, in two to three weeks, and then the period after that. So I would say you know avoiding as we say, avoiding the noise, you know, whether that's financial market television or even news in general or anything that might get you emotionally charged up and, and you know, make changes, you know, avoid that as much as you can. You, know, keep, you, you should always have a discipline plan in place at any point because there's, there's always, you know, so-called important events coming up. I and mean, we're going to have another, you know, partial election in two years, full election in four years. You know, there's always big events some known, some like COVID unknown. Sure. And 9-11, nobody knew that was happening. That had huge, exactly. huge effects. I mean, you, mm -hmm. exactly. You could look back over time and there's a million different things that at the moment seemed like hugely important from a financial market perspective. Of course, they're important in other ways. Uh, and, and, but the market has the ability to get past them. So if, if you have a longer term disciplined view, you avoid some of that noise that, that can sometimes cause mistakes. Um, that's hugely important. You know, one thing I will say, David, is it would not at all surprise us if right after the election and the days and weeks after you see a lot of what we would might call price whipsaws in the market uh, because you know there's the market will be just trying to digest a lot of things you'll see a lot of activity uh, so the market could potentially move notably in different directions over the in the days and weeks after the election I, I would be careful not to make any assumptions about that shorter term market activity and say okay so the market did this that's probably how it's going to act over the next four years or, or, you know, a year or two or something like that. So be careful about that shorter term volatility. Don't let it, you know, sway you too hard one way or the other, because it's probably just shorter term noise and the market will ultimately settle into its longer term trend at some point. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that as an advisor who's client facing, I think it's very important for me to make sure that my clients have several different buckets of money. You know, if you're 20 years out from retirement and there's a five or 10% swing either way, you know, that's money you can't touch anyway. It's in your IRA. But obviously, you know, as you're closer to needing your money, maybe having a little cash built up, if it's appropriate for you, you know, is important because uh, I do think that there are times where people just do have all their eggs in that one basket. 
uh, which during times of volatility may not be the wisest um, wisest strategy at all. And and when the markets are going up twenty percent, that's a great strategy. And and that you know that happens some years, and other years it doesn't happen. And, and it's not not the greatest uh, not the greatest strategy. So. Um, you know, one of the steps that I would suggest for everybody, honestly, is politics has always been politics and politics has always had um, caused division. And, and, and that's just the way it is. But I think it, there's so much more division now because of social media. And I just think that it's so easy to argue with some 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 screen name about someone who has different political views. And, and I think we all just need to love each other. And, you know, we could vote for somebody different. But um you know, I think shutting off social media would not be a bad thing in a lot of ways uh, for the markets, but also just for our own uh, for our own lives in general too. Because there's just so much uh, so much emotion, and we just feed emotion all day on social media. With 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 um, you know who agrees with me must be right, and who doesn't agree with me must be wrong for sure. And I don't think that's actually the case. So yeah, so. I agree. Avoid the noise. Avoid the noise, avoid the noise. Well, great. So anything else kind of looking towards the end of the year and coming up to the election and uh, post-election that, you, uh, that you'd that you like to discuss? Yeah, I think everybody's kind of looking forward to getting this all behind us, you know, for better or worse, whether your person wins or loses, you know, we can get past this, focus on uh, different things and, and hope for a, a, a better 21 for, for everybody. You know, one of the things I've always thought is I've had – just personally and professionally, I've had some good years during presidents that I didn't vote for, and I've had some bad years during presidents that I did vote for. So I think we all just need to do what we need to do as well: be good people, provide value to the world, um, you know, live the life the way you 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 think you should, regardless of if if your guy wins or not. And then let's just go from there, and let's uh, let's make the world a better place. Let's let's follow a disciplined investment strategy. Let's not let the emotions take over our investment strategies and all the other strategies strategies in our lives because that's easy for it to happen and uh and let's just like you said let's make 2020 a good year so sounds great to me good deal well uh greg we enjoy we always enjoy having you on here you always provide some some interesting uh insight and uh we'll look forward maybe to some post-election commentary as we uh win or if we do know the uh, the winner of the election and uh, we'll be interested in your thoughts there So as we finish up this episode, please remember that the election uh, is one of the factors that is going to affect the stock market and individual security prices, but not the only factor. So a strong long-term strategy and viewpoint is probably a good idea for all of us. And also remember that within our own personal finances, we need to control what we can control. That includes spending, that includes planning, that includes risk management, and all of the other factors of a well-rounded financial plan. So if you ever have any questions, email me at david at parallelfinancial.com. That is david at parallelfinancial.com. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.